0: And, you know, I was going to say earlier that, oh, you know, I love Coulson in this episode because he's so classic, Bill. He's full of his dry weight. But then you point out, like, why isn't he doing anything?
1: Yeah, throughout the episode.
0: Yeah, that's a really
1: good point. Yeah, not only that, like, he tries to break the door down, but he doesn't actually break it. Gordon is the one who takes them out. Right. And then he sees that one dude standing over there. With a gun, and the ability to create functional knives out of thin air.
0: Which was so fucking stupid again. Yeah, but he still does nothing.
1: He could have taken the knife and thrown it back at him. You don't need yo-yo to do that. Yeah. Coulson is a fucking Terminator.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The fuck is he doing? This is troubling. Welcome to the Marvelous Madam's podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with
1: the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel.
0: Madam's assemble. All right. So uh, my feelings about this latest episode, and there are many, can really be summed up not so much with a word, but with a noise. hmm
1: Well, for me, I just have one phrase. This episode can go fuck itself.
0: Agreed. And you know what else can too? Cora. Cora can go with it.
1: And Nathaniel, they could just go fuck each other and just stay away and I'd be happier for it.
0: Okay. So before we get into the episode proper here. So my feelings are three. (sighs) Yeah, I feel you. Three very distinct feelings here. Number one, I do not understand why they, and I mean the writers, are shoehorning this shitty new character into the series finale of a seven-year show. Pray tell which
1: character that may be.
0: Why do we need Cora? Why? She... Why... Why do we need her? And if you're gonna give us to her... Can you at least make her a real fleshed-out character and not this obnoxious, whiny little brat?
1: And Nathaniel
0: is better, right? No. No, he's not. And the two of them combined just make me want to vomit. Agreed. Now, second feeling. And this is, like, the one thing... I liked about this episode besides Coulson being Colson, and we'll get to that but okay and Amy's probably going to say I'm projecting here but I do not think so because the parallels are there and there is a direct reference okay we're going to get into the details but suffice to say they are dropping references here the showrunners had said they were going to bump into something Oh, they are laying the groundwork for a fucking low cameo. And so that brings me to feeling number three. If I don't get it, I am going to start a Leslie Nope style letter writing campaign. We're going to go old school, people.
1: Now that you've got that out of your system, take a deep breath. Calm yourself down. Now we get to the shit show. The real shit show.
0: I do want to start out by saying I'm not sure how many people were aware of it. I only found out the night before, but playing John Garrett in this episode is James Paxton, who is Bill Paxton's son. Yeah. Overall, I think he did a really good job. It didn't occur to me, actually, that when I found out the night before that he'd be playing John Garrett because he looks nothing like his dad. He's a good six inches taller too, so it just didn't occur to me that he could have the physicality to be a younger version of John Garrett.
1: Yeah, he doesn't look like him, but they did a good job trying to get him in a similar kind of costume, the hair, and things like that.
0: Yeah, and he does have his dad's smile. And I think we can also now scientifically say that crazy eye is genetic. (laughs) So that's... That's who we open upon in Hmm. this episode is young John Garrett. And I really hope he didn't have to have that haircut for long because it is not flattering.
1: I think he's around for a couple of episodes. So, yeah.
0: Maybe a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we open up on him in this bar. Don't know who he is yet. And who does he run into?
1: Nathaniel. Of course.
0: I just can't anymore with this guy. I tried. I really tried to give the writers the benefit of the doubt with him. But I don't know. Maybe I spent too many years in child care. But I really just want to stick my foot out and trip him. Things like that. Maybe throw a banana peel on the floor. Watch <laughs> him slip on it. Because I can't. Despite the fact I know how dangerous he is, I still can't take him seriously.
1: You remember way back when, I can't remember which episode it was, when we really got to see him with Daisy and all that, you know, him taking her powers? Yes. You remember how much we were gushing about how good he is and he has to be around?
0: Oh, God, we did say that, didn't we?
1: Yeah.
0: Ugh. We were young, people.
1: Yeah, that did not age We were well. so
0: young. <laughs> we were so young five weeks ago. Please cut us some slack. What's that, five weeks ago?
1: It's not much more than that. It feels like five years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. now, it sure does. And two, this scene with, with Garrett here, Malik is acting like a friggin' drug dealer outside of a middle school. Yeah, he's are superpowers. He even says, you want one? Like it's a fucking joint. <laughs> I'm like flashing back to the Johnny Dakota episode of Saved by the Bell. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah, he's just so,
1: I don't know, nonchalant about everything.
0: Yeah, so blasé. And it's like, like a vibe of, um... Judd Nelson in The Breakfast Club, like, I'm so cool because I'm so blase about everything. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it is 1983. I don't know. Maybe he's going to audition in a year or two. Who knows?
1: Maybe. And if he doesn't get the role, he can always quake them all.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Quake John Hughes. Yeah. That'll go over well in the 80s. So Garrett's already a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, you know, top aptitudes and all that. So this is Malik's whole recruitment speech, basically. And Garrett's open to listening at least at the moment.
1: Yeah, he is. And I don't get it. Like, how do you manage to convince someone so quickly?
0: Well, he's not all there to begin with. We know this.
1: Question. Are they setting him up more like a comic relief than anything else, Garrett?
0: I don't think so. And I hope not because he's not his dad.
1: He's not. And I know that whole blasé attitude that Garrett Sr. had. It worked for him. They're trying to recreate that kind of devil-may-care sort of attitude, but it's not coming across right. It's coming across like he's the comic relief.
0: I think what was done well is his exuberance and his excitement because he is so young and those wires are crossed. They had to be from the beginning. So I'm fine with the way James Paxton is portraying it. Yeah, but it's the writing. It's the writing. Probably, yeah. Because it's it, he's
1: not seeming dangerous. He's seeming like a kid in a candy store.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. Yep, and because I, I think too, that's what he is at the moment. He really hasn't. He's taken the test for Shield. Uh, he's a new recruit. He's very young, and it is the eighties. So, uh, it's tough to say.
1: Mm. And with Nathaniel, he's constantly going on about chaos and anarchy.
0: Oh, he doesn't believe any of this bullshit. It's just a recruiting tactic.
1: Yeah, but does he not seem to get the consequences of what he's trying to do? What is his end goal?
0: I have no idea. Not a clue.
1: Like what, he just wants to see the world burn? Is that it?
0: Because he thinks he's the fucking Joker, which is what I was saying a couple of weeks ago. I, I just... I don't know. And like I said, there are a lot of parallels to Loki in this episode. We'll go through them as we move on. But at least there was a villain who had an end game. It wasn't a good one. Mm -hmm. He didn't he didn't understand the geopolitics of the earth. And like Tony said to him at the end of The Avengers, like there is no throne. There's no way that this works out for you. It wasn't a, a lack of planning and foresight. So much as not understanding the way the world worked. But with Nathaniel, dude, where are you taking this? What's the friggin' goal here? No clue. Yeah, and that's a problem. And we haven't seen Sybil in a couple weeks either. But
1: we know she's been in touch with him. We saw that thing of a jig.
0: Yeah, but I didn't think I'd miss her. That is true, yes, yes. I feel like this whole season has just been hijacked.
1: By Nathaniel?
0: Yeah, by Nathaniel, and now friggin' Cora. Cora is
1: not that big a deal.
0: I don't know. I don't even know. Let's continue. Okay. We leave Garrett and Malik for the moment, and then we get a nice little we get a nice little call back here to the Deke Squad. We see Roxy, who has passed the test and is in Shield Academy, along with the rest of the squad.
1: Yeah. Good on her. Good on them, really. Yes. Yeah. I do wish I could get to see more of her. I hope that in the series finale we get to see that team come back and help out.
0: Good luck with that. I'm not going to hold my breath for anything. I'm not even holding my breath anymore to see Fitz. Forget it. I'm just... That just makes me so happy. So happy. Moving on. I can't stop smiling. (sighs) So the Triskelion is up and running ahead of schedule, just like Project Insight was. Mm-hmm. And I I enjoyed this opening scene with the team here because thank God, thank you. We could finally stop pretending Max really in charge. Honestly, he's just angry through this whole episode. Can you blame him? We're back at the freaking lighthouse again. I know, but here's what I think it comes down to. And like I've said before, I'm sure he's a nice guy Who's doing his best. But Henry Simmons is not a great actor. The man does not have much range. He has a few different emotions he can do. There's not much in between. Okay. We leave it at that. Yeah. But thank you, Coulson, for stepping back up and realizing that you need to be in charge here.
1: Yeah, well, he was trying to be diplomatic about it, but...
0: Not the time to be diplomatic. The world is at stake.
1: But good on Mac to realize that he's out of his depth and he needs Coulson to take charge.
0: Fucking finally. (laughs) So the whole point of this episode is that the team needs to help Jai Ying save Afterlife because two weeks ago Malik took all of the Inhumans hostage and took over the Afterlife compound.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So ever since, Jai Ying and Gordon have been hiding out somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think... They have been running rather than hiding,
0: probably. And so they send coordinates on the watch that May gave Jia Ying and bring the two of them back over to the Zever.
1: Yeah, and uh, Daisy's clearly not happy about it, which understandable.
0: Absolutely, little little trauma there. Uh huh. Just a tad.
1: But I would say it it was not a good idea for May and Yo Yo not to tell Daisy about Cora.
0: In their defense, May was about to tell her, was in the process of telling her they didn't expect the coordinates and everything to work that fast.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yes. She was about to tell her, but I think they should have told her earlier. Well, they've been a little busy. True. On the other hand, can you imagine if this dialogue was part of the loop?
0: Oh, my God.
1: Oh, by the way, you have a sister like 50,000 times. Yeah, Yeah, that would have been rough. Not that she's been, you know, any less traumatized.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And she's not done yet.
1: Oh, dear Lord. When are they going to give her a break?
0: I know. I am fed up. I know. And well, speaking of getting a break, somebody has. Did you notice that uh, this is great? Uh, a great job by Enver Jokai on this. Did you notice the way Sousa is practically bouncing around on that new leg of his?
1: <laughs> yeah, he feels like a new man.
0: Yeah, like, can somebody get this guy a trampoline so he could use this thing <laughs> properly? Yeah. Let's get him a trampoline, a leg press machine, a bike, Like what else? Um...
1: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go. Not safe for work for that. I was waiting for something.
0: Oh, you know, I was not the only one on social media who agreed that two people cannot have sex in that pod. Hey, okay. <laughs> not if they're doing it properly.
1: Well, like I said, it's 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 been a while.
0: So Suze is bouncing around on his fun new leg. Meanwhile, Gemma is rubbing her goddamn neck. <laughs> that really gets you, doesn't she, it? It does. And she doesn't even seem to realize she's doing it. Which is good acting. I know. She's fantastic. Because those writers know what they're doing to us. Yep. Putting these ideas in our heads. They're incepting us every time Gemma rubs her neck.
1: Yep. So what did you think about that conversation?
0: She doesn't remember her breakdown because of the looping. Yeah. I want to believe her. I think I do believe her that she doesn't remember because she wouldn't just logistically with the time loop. She wouldn't remember. Yeah. Daisy's right. Devastated is the word. Mm -hmm. I would have said delirious like.
1: Delirious means she doesn't know where she is, what she's doing. Mm. Devastated. She knew where she was. She remembered something and she just completely lost herself there.
0: Somebody on social media had suggested that it's not about Fitz, but about Enoch, the fact that they needed him for something in the future and now won't have him and they're doomed because of it.
1: Well, it may kind of make sense because what have I done? But she wouldn't have had that big of a reaction to something like this because she could have stopped it from happening. She could have told Daisy that you can't let Enoch sacrifice himself because something's coming up. I don't know. I don't think it's about Enoch. I think it's either it's about the team, maybe they're all dead or something like that, or it's about Fitz.
0: But at the same time, Enoch said the team so sur- everybody survives. That the, as a team they won't remain a team, but that everyone survives.
1: Do you really want to put that much stock in what Enoch says or what anyone says at this point? <sighs> There's a point.
0: There's a point. Scripts mean nothing anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. And you were the one who did bring up the, the point where he said, Fitz was my best friend.
0: Yep, you're right.
1: I had dismissed it. Now, not so much.
0: I just... Thought to myself, what are you recording everything I say? As I speak to her microphone, that's recording everything I say. (laughs) Good job, Krista. Good job. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm totally fine.
1: Uh, You're sure you don't have like a Diane in your neck? You want to check?
0: Maybe? All I have on my neck is a tattoo. Pretty safe on that.
1: Is the tattoo perhaps hiding some high tech thingamajig?
0: Yes, you caught me. She, she who can barely work her remote is aware of a uh, super high-tech implant in her neck. Yes. So then we go back to our match made in hell here, Malik and Garrett. So we see that Malik has the time stream via his new best buddy, Sybil, and that's how he can see everything that's going to happen.
1: Right. So I, I don't even know where to start. He has the time stream. How? Uh, Sybil. She took it. Remember in the '80s episode, <sighs> barely. That you remember that one-armed robot thing right at the end was going down the stairs, and
0: yes, yes, yes. Okay, that
1: was the time stream.
0: Okay, so he
1: has the time stream. Sybil is in this virtual wo- world, kind of like before. She's able to access it. Nathaniel is able to see everything. He knows the future, and he knows that the Chronocoms want to take over the world.
0: Unless Sybil is only showing him she wants him to see.
1: He wasn't surprised when Colson told him what the Chronocoms intended to do. That's true. He just dismissed it.
0: Well, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Here, what's important is that Malik is showing Garrett the same thing. He's picking and choosing what he wants to show Garrett and what that is going to be is everything that S.H.I.E.L.D. does to him.
1: Yeah, which is smart on Nathaniel's point to ensure that Garrett stays loyal.
0: Absolutely. But I don't get... He's manipulating him.
1: Yeah, he's manipulating him. Absolutely. But how is Garrett so calm about it? And how is he being able to wrap his head around being able to see the future and all the crap that he went through and be so chill.
0: Wires crossed. He's not chill though. That's the thing is he's crazy excited. He's too excited.
1: Yeah, he's excited, but he's he's like, Oh, Phil, I've never I've not met you yet, and May and
0: He's also an arrogant little bastard.
1: I think we have too many of those on the show right now.
0: I agree. I agree. Now here's this first parallel. Malik here using Garrett, showing him this world he's never known. You can't tell me this isn't directly parallel to the Avengers, to the other who was Thanos's henchman, and Loki.
1: Come on. I don't think it's a parallel per se, but to each his own, I suppose. I don't get, I don't see it. It's too nebulous for it to be a, a direct parallel.
0: We'll get to more. And okay. And it's... I'm going to build my case here because that's not the only parallel. And okay. also, I just would also like to point out that this version of John Garrett has black hair and blue eyes.
1: As opposed to dark eyes.
0: Yes. That he has the same coloring as Loki. He's also extremely pale.
1: Okay, that's just the actor. Come on.
0: This is true. But it's it's building the case of circumstantial evidence in my mind. Circumstantial
1: being the key Word over here. I think you're yeah, looking too much into it.
0: I'm. I'm not, and I will prove it. And if you have enough circumstantial evidence, that can still get you a conviction. So there.
1: <laughs> I think our listeners will be able to judge better.
0: I think we should start a spinoff podcast with a kangaroo court. How about that?
1: I think that works. We do need a mediator at times.
0: Oh, I like the alliteration. Chris's kangaroo court. That could be fun. <laughs> Anyway, so back at the lighthouse, Jiang is pissed, and I don't i I don't blame her.
1: Yeah, I don't either. And considering the fact that nobody's giving her any information.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like she's justified in kind of blaming SHIELD for the fact that Malik was able to not only get into Afterlife, but take it over. Yeah. Well,
1: she thinks that it's because May and Yo yo were followed, but that's not the case.
0: That's true, but she's not completely unjustified in her feelings.
1: No. There is a longer, more convoluted way of blaming Shield, but sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, like Daisy said, it's a long story. You (laughs) don't say, honey. You don't say.
1: This episode was surely a long episode.
0: Oh, God, it felt like it. Yeah. So, again, Malik going on and on with his anarchy, self-righteous bullshit. God
1: I, is his middle name cliche. So in this scene, did you notice that and actually the rest of the episode after that, Cora's wardrobe has changed?
0: I did not. I did not. Again, that is one of those details that you are so good at picking up on. She her wardrobe has changed. Kind of like
1: she's, she's mirroring Daisy's wardrobe. Huh. Same dark clothes.
0: Yes, the boots, tight jeans.
1: And leather jacket, all of that. And she does mention that she's seen Daisy thanks to Sybil.
0: Right. Hmm. I wonder if it's a matter of I want to be you or I do this better than you.
1: I think it's more, I want to be you because of the promo that we see next for the next episode.
0: Oh, I don't know if I believe any of that, but well, that's a whole other discussion.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying I believe that she's going to suddenly turn good. No, 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 no. She's still warped. But the idea that Daisy has control over her powers, she's her half sister And her mother, obviously she must have seen all of this. Her mother really worked hard and did everything she could, good or bad, to get Daisy back. Yeah. But Cora, on the other hand, feels like her mom doesn't want her.
0: Okay. All right. I see what you're saying. You know? So
1: this is her trying to be, like, I want to be like her. Maybe get that kind of confidence and that ability to hold that power. Or like, yeah, I'm I'm better than you. Why the fuck does my mom want, want you more than me?
0: Okay, I can buy that. Because when in this scene, when she kills Lee, she, you can see she's still unsure of herself. Yeah.
1: And I don't think she's unsure because of her abilities. She's unsure because she's not, she's hesitating to kill him.
0: Oh, now see, I thought she was unsure of herself because she liked it and that scared her.
1: No, she, you, when you see the scene closely and when uh, Nathaniel tells her, you know, just kill this guy, she looks at him and hesitates. Yes, she did. So this hesitation is about killing him.
0: Or, or was it about... I don't know if I have so much control over my powers yet. I don't know if I'm strong enough to kill this guy and I don't want to disappoint my new little daddy figure over here. He's far
1: from a daddy figure.
0: You know what I mean. He's an authority figure.
1: Yeah. Okay. No. Because could be that. No, I don't think so. Because in the previous episode, that very end where we see she's blowing up all the glasses. Mm-hmm. She's got pretty good control over her powers by now. And what's the worst she can do? Not kill the dude? True. Considering she's, you know, like, blown up the whole place and she's had accidents like that before, it's not, e- it's not difficult for her to blow up everything and kill the dude.
0: Maybe. Although it's not really her face I was focusing on in this scene. It's Garrett's. Again, here's another parallel. The look on John Garrett's face... When Cora is killing Lee, the wide-eyed enjoyment of it, it is the same look that Loki had on his face in the Avengers in the ballroom when he yanked the eyeball out of the German scientist. It's that same look of glee. The, I am enjoying this, and in Loki's case, because he had an audience, it was, look how scared these people are of me. Look at all the power I command. For Garrett, it's look at all the power I'm going to command. He even says, I want a power like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't agree. This, his look, absolutely. He's fascinated, he's surprised, he's gleeful, and he wants a power like that. But this is more about holy crap, wow, than it is, Kind of like what you're saying about Loki.
0: This is why I brought my umbrella upstairs today, listeners. I'm not letting a drop of this get on me. Nope, nope. Umbrella's out. Rain all you want. I am not deterred.
1: Yeah, let's let's wait and watch. I'm going to probably just drive through a puddle or something just to ensure you get wet.
0: Oh, such love here, people. Do you hear it? Mm-hmm. Now, here comes one of the big saving graces of this episode is that, goddamn, Coulson looks good back in those casual black ops (laughs) clothes, doesn't he?
1: He gave you Sarge vibes, didn't he?
0: Yes, yes, he did.
1: Yeah, he gave me some Sarge vibes too.
0: Much appreciated and needed in this episode. Yeah, I think that's the only thing
1: that was good in this episode. Although I will admit I could not take my eyes off Daisy and Cora's boots.
0: Wait, can I also say this? I am a straight woman, but, and this isn't anything sexual. I wanted nothing more than to smell Daisy's hair this entire episode. <laughs> it just looks so nice and so soft. And I was like, I wonder what it smells like and what she this because it's perfect. Oh, speaking of hair, Cora's hair changed. Again, didn't notice. To more like daisies?
1: Yeah. Minus the highlights. Okay. Okay. I won't be surprised next episode she's got highlights.
0: Yeah. If she can find somewhere in the 80s to do them well,
1: good luck with that. She's got all the knowledge in the world. I'm sure she can do a good job.
0: No, no. She's going to get fucked over. You know why? She's going to go in there for highlights and come out with a perm. And they're like, what? We always just give everybody a perm. (laughs) It's the 80s. It's a standard service. She'd
1: probably just, you know, torch them, whatever her power is supposed to be.
0: I got to tell you, if somebody gave me a perm, I would torch them too, so (laughs) I'd be okay with that.
1: Yeah, certain places, murder is justified.
0: Agreed. Uh, Speaking of murder, Deke. The Deke squad. It seems like at this point, he is the only person Gemma feels comfortable truly confiding in i mean everybody's family but he is her blood you really think it's that i think it's also because he has more of a vested interest than anybody else i mean it's kind of important for bobo and nana to stay together yeah that's true he isn't sure what it means for his own existence and like he's grown to love them as his grandparents he has this other life and these other stories that he connects with them so yeah i think of course there's more of a connection there
1: Yeah, sure, there is more of a connection, but I don't think that's the only reason why Gemma confides in him.
0: Well, I think it's also because she knows he's not going to tattle on her and she knows she has some power and control over him because of their relationship.
1: Yeah, true. And I think she knows that if she goes and speaks to anyone else on the team, they will do their darndest to try and find out the truth. Maybe. Whereas Deke, you know... Puppy dog that he is, give him a treat and he'll keep quiet.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's how it works in my house. So her logic is sound enough. The truth that she fears is that Fitz might be dead.
1: And boy, was I happy to hear that. No, I really was. I was smiling. and That was the only time I was smiling in that
0: episode. You are heartless. You can hear the smile here now. I can. It's a little Aww. concerning, i got to tell you. <laughs> Where are the bodies, Amy?
1: Oh, see, now I have a bit of a Diane situation. I will never
0: tell. <laughs> That's comforting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her logic is sound. And you can tell Deke doesn't completely have faith in what he's saying. He's worried, too.
1: Yeah, he is. And he should.
0: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. See, we now we know that Ian is going to come back. But in what form? We don't know if it's going to be a flashback, a flash forward, an LMD, who the fuck knows.
1: Exactly. I think he will probably show up as a flashback or if there's more time jumping, we may see perhaps OG Timeline fits Season 1, Season 2, Season 3,
0: something like that? I don't know. We better see him in some form because I just learned how to say his goddamn name. Ooh. Ooh. I've got a theory. Pens? Actually, you know what? No, no. Put the pens down just in case it's bad enough we're recording this and we've already shot ourselves in the foot saying a while back that Malik needed to stick around. So, you know what? Just don't listen to us. Listen to us, but don't listen to us, people. <laughs> <laughs> what
1: if we see fits, but we don't see our fits? We see messed up timeline fits. Who could possibly be framework fits?
0: You just don't want everybody to turn on him and hate him. You just come up with any scenario that fits that idea. No, no. I, I did. When have I done that? That you're
1: doing it right now. Right now? Yeah, sure. Yes. And it makes sense, but I have come up with other theories where he's dead. This time he's just evil. Be grateful, at least
0: he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather see Fitz having died a hero than becoming evil, thank you very much. Well, you already saw him die, so big whoop. <sighs> you think I'm stretching things? Hey, you got
1: to admit, there is a logic behind it.
0: There's a logic behind mine, too. We'll no, get to it does it. not. It may be my own internal logic, but it is logic nonetheless. And there is a little external logic. I will get to it, Missy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm waiting with baited bread.
0: Mm, uh, sure. So Gordon and Coulson decide they're going to teleport over to Afterlife to do some recon. But because he has a time stream, Malik sees them coming. Yeah. He, t- he takes them both hostage. But now Malik is surprised by Coulson's knowledge of the time stream. Do, you notice that?
1: He was kind of a little bit surprised, yes.
0: Yeah. And maybe I underestimated you kind of way. No,
1: maybe like, how did you know about it kind of way?
0: Yeah. And I love Coulson's attitude here because he's just like the look on his face is like, you know what, kid? Just, just shut the fuck up. Are you, are you done? I've heard this shtick before. Here's another big plot hole. They bring Coulson into this room. Everybody's together. We've got poor Gordon over here.
1: Yeah. So Gordon is being leeched.
0: Whoa. Wow. Let's pick any other word to describe what's happening here. It kind of fits. Fucking gross. Oh. whatever. You know what? I don't want to think about disgusting little worm-like creatures. How about we say drained? That'll make me feel a little better.
1: Oh, sure, yeah. Drained is so much better than leeched.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, stop saying it. I'm not (laughs) even kidding. Please, for the love of God.
1: (sighs) So, coming back to my question, while Gordon is being leeched, Why is he just not using his powers and disappearing?
0: Question number one. They probably drugged him with whatever they gave Daisy to subdue her powers. Ha! I gotcha. Okay. Fair. I gotcha. I got her, everybody. I got her.
1: (laughs) Okay. Fair. Question number two. Answer me this. Why is... Colts just standing by and seeing this happen, knowing full well that John fucking Garrett is going to get Gordon's bleached powers.
0: What can he do? Oh, wait. LMD. Exactly. Right, he's super Coulson.
1: Yeah. He was ready to break down the fucking wall after Gordon was leeched almost to death. Oh my god,
0: say leech one more time and I'm getting on a fucking plane.
1: I dare you too. Leeched.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah, so he was ready to break down the wall then, but and he clearly we see that he just He breaks the handcuffs with no problem. Why did he wait for Gordon to die? Why did he wait for his enemy to one-up him by getting powers that are useful?
0: So do you think this is a writing plot hole or do you think there's something nefarious going on here? Are you thinking some of that possible Manchurian candidate programming? See, uh, now, see,
1: I did not bring it up. You did. Well, I know that's where you're going. No, you led me there.
0: No, your blinker's on. I see the sign for evil Coulson, and I see you taking the exit. I know where you're headed.
1: You led me there. I swear to God, I did not think of that till you brought it
0: up. Okay, well, plot hole number three. Coulson should have recognized Garrett immediately. They have a history. They'd known each other for a long time. He shouldn't have to be told that this is John Garrett.
1: Yeah, but he said that we haven't met before. We haven't met yet.
0: Oh, did he? Yeah. No, but that doesn't matter. He still should recognize a young John Garrett because Coulson met him. Yeah. It doesn't matter that John Garrett hasn't met that Phil Coulson yet. This Phil Coulson has his full consciousness and should recognize young John Garrett.
1: Well, for one, I don't think he he would have even thought of John Garrett at that point of time because... I mean, that was like ages ago.
0: No, I'm sorry. That's a hole. He should recognize him. His brain's literally a computer. Well,
1: yeah. Okay. Fair. Secondly, they don't mention specifically when they met. They could have met him before when Garrett was much older.
0: He's about in his early 50s when we meet him. him. And him and Phil went back a ways.
1: So even 10 years is a ways.
0: No, I'm sorry. A trained spy who has a computer for a brain, he should recognize John Garrett. Sorry. Mm-mm. No way okay. around it.
1: Okay. They kind of, tr- I think they kind of tried to explain it because Colton had not met a young John Garrett or unless this is some kind of coding glitch.
0: A coding glitch or maybe it was just the writers trying to be funny as like a aside to the audience. Like we know he doesn't really look like his dad, but go with it. Maybe could be now here comes more than circumstantial this is concrete evidence i have here for my theory
1: that they name drop him yes come on how is name dropping anywhere in any way parallels it's literally name dropping if you miss it
0: yes i know but that's my point is that so the whole thing here is that garrett saw his whole future including colson's death and colson's like ha, you know which one's your favorite he's died a bunch of times they could have picked any of them but they pick the original they pick loki and garrett here calls him a long-haired creepo who, who stabbed him with the pointy stick ha ha i see your point about the whole comic relief stuff they could have used <laughs> any of his deaths why this one because and it was the most wait wait your honor i ask for a continuance <laughs> And here's the thing. The showrunner said we're going to bump into something. The Loki series is all about time travel and time hopping. And he's the one who killed Coulson in the fucking first place. Everything could come full circle in terms of life and death for Coulson. And if you're Nathaniel Malik, and you're looking for allies and you're looking for people to work with, people who share your sort of thinking, and you know about this long-haired creepo and what he's done, wouldn't you want to try and find him? Wouldn't he be on your list of maybe people to partner with? That,
1: yes, okay. But it is not a parallel.
0: No, it's not a parallel. No, that's why I said parallels and other things.
1: Your parallels are crap. But this theory, sure, I can go with that
0: bolstered by the parallels no it's like a cake it's like a layer cake
1: dream on there are no parallels here so you say and the reason why he probably chose even if assuming that this whole theory of yours doesn't come through my guess was that the reason why he chose loki stabbing colson is because that was the most painful
0: Also, I want to point out with this scene, the lack of self-awareness in John Garrett here. Dude, you are a short-haired creepo. Just for the (laughs) record. I don't think you should be throwing stones.
1: Mm, True. Maybe Garrett tries to kill Colton this time.
0: Personally, I'm hoping this John Garrett suffers the same fate as season one, John Garrett. Yeah, true. I agree. Oh, before this,
1: the whole conversation that they have in the lighthouse where colson says that i'll go because i'm disposable or rather, oh, rep-
0: or, oh. rather
1: <laughs> or rather replaceable
0: just I run think- my heart through a fucking shredder why don't you <laughs> the look on his face oh
1: yeah true
0: i think the writers
1: were listening to our podcast wasn't it the last episode or the one before that where we said why don't they just keep a bunch of Colsons <laughs> ready, you know, just make him do his thing and then transfer him to, to another body? It's true. They're finally catching on to the fact that the way they're treating Colson is crap.
0: Yeah, it's bad time. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to say earlier that, oh, you know, I love Colson in this episode because he's so classic, Phil. He's full of his dry wit. But then you point out, like... Why isn't he doing anything? Yeah. Throughout the episode.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, not only that, like he tries to break the door down, but he doesn't actually break it. Gordon is the one who takes them out. Right. And then he sees that one dude standing over there with a gun and the ability to create knives out of thin air.
0: Which was so fucking stupid again.
1: Yeah, but he still does nothing. He could have taken the knife and thrown it back at him. You don't need Yo-Yo to do that. Yeah. Coulson is a fucking Terminator.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. The fuck is he doing? This is troubling. Now... This whole time, the team thinks Malik is after them because he wants Jai Ying's powers. They don't know yet that they are wrong about this. Yeah. It's more about power than it is about powers. Yeah, because they at
1: this point probably think they have a whole bunch of inhumans that they can leech.
0: Right. So because Coulson does nothing, Garrett steals Gordon's powers and he can now, quote, teleport. Ha ha, thanks, Phil. Whatever, <laughs> jackass. <laughs> and at this point, I'm waiting for Malik to take out a collar and a leash and put it on Garrett because he's basically Grant Ward now, right? Malik has done to him what Garrett did to Grant Ward. Yeah, in a much shorter
1: span of time. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Grant Ward was a hell of a lot smarter than John Garrett ever was.
1: Hmm, True. But here's the thing. We are trying, they're trying to show that Malik is the one in charge and he's trying to control Garrett, you know, buddy, buddy, let's do this, let's do that. He's not coming across as any kind of authority figure. He doesn't have that gravitas.
0: No, he doesn't. Not an ounce. And maybe they're going to make that part of the problem?
1: I don't know. I'm tired. I don't want to see that dude with his big brown coat. He's giving brown coats a bad name.
0: In Malik's defense, I do believe that Flasher's sullied the brown coat before him.
1: I suppose, yes, I suppose, I suppose.
0: So now we do get one really great scene in this episode, and it is the time between... Daisy and Jia Ying here at the lighthouse where they're feeling each other out. It's a great scene.
1: Yeah. Very well done by yeah. both of them.
0: Yeah, and then we have Susa in there because he's given Daisy the push that she needs. And not just the push, but moral support here. Yeah, that's true. He's he is so good. He's the best boyfriend ever. Yeah. <laughs> I want one. You have one. Don't get me wrong. I love my husband dearly, but he has the emotional IQ of a bar of soap. If I were Daisy in this situation, yeah, he'd be with me, sure. But he'd be playing his fucking, I don't know, Game Boy, whatever the hell it is he plays video games on. So this scene, it's heartbreaking because Daisy is getting this time with her mother that she never got. She never got this good, loving version of her mother and she can't. Tell her she's her mother.
1: Yeah, yeah. The emotion, the tears, it's just... It's heartbreaking to see Daisy like this. Really, I mean, poor girl, she's gone through so much.
0: Yeah, fucking enough already, writers, come on.
1: Yeah. Like, okay, we know she needs therapy, but don't add on.
0: Just even an ounce of joy would be lovely. Can someone at least just, I don't know... Eat a candy bar. The worst part is, I don't
1: think Sousa remembers the kiss because that was in a previous loop.
0: Well, that's on Daisy. Because I'd sure as hell make sure he remembered that very quickly. In fact, that would be my (laughs) number one priority, as I have stated previously, upon waking. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course it would.
0: Here's a question. So... As those two are having their heart to heart, we're still, you know, spending some time in afterlife. How is it possible that John Garrett is more of a douche than Nathaniel Malik? And again, good job, James Paxton. He's doing his job.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's like a douche fest over there.
0: They're the worst. They're like two Jean-Ralphio Sapersteins, except neither of them is funny or entertaining.
1: Agreed. It was painful watching them. It was painful.
0: Yes. They're like two trust fund babies just drunk on money.
1: Well, Nathaniel is kind of like a trust fund baby.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And now... And and Garrett just seems drunk.
0: On power. Yeah, he's nuts.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He just, as he got older, learned how to hide the crazy better and for longer periods of time.
1: yeah. The way Nathaniel was dealing with Garrett, I have a feeling there's a rift coming soon.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can keep that dog on that leash for very long.
1: Yeah, he's trying to. You can see he's getting frustrated and he intends to use Garrett like a tool, but Garrett is his of his own mind. He, he ain't going to let Nathaniel just use him like that.
0: Hearing you use the word ain't was just very unsettling. i would rather you say leeched again than ever use the word ain't again in my presence leeched i'll take it so as you said earlier gordon sacrifices himself here to save the inhumans get phil out of the holding room but this is like you said before now i'm like wait phil could have just gotten them out of there right
1: yeah he didn't need to sacrifice himself he didn't need to transfer his powers he didn't need to do anything
0: yeah. Now, on, in Gordon's defense, he doesn't know that Coulson's an LMD. He doesn't know that Coulson has the power to get them out of there.
1: Yes, I agree. For Gordon, I don't blame him even for a moment. Yeah. It's Coulson that I want to whack right now.
0: Yeah. I was so annoyed and distracted by the whole Malik Garrett thing, yet this didn't even occur to me.
1: So now you think there's something to my theory?
0: Uh, this is the first time I'm hoping for bad writing. <laughs> so our douchey duo here shows up on the zephyr garrett's distracting may so that malik can go after jai ying and daisy and at the same time colson mac and yo-yo are trying to rescue all those inhumans being held hostage
1: again mac and yo-yo didn't need to be there
0: yeah that's a good point. But I will say I thoroughly enjoyed the hey dummy. I was looking around I'm like is Dennis Duffy here. <laughs> yeah, it was good
1: to see Yo Yo in her element again. And see and hearing that music, her special inhuman speedy power music. Oh, I miss that. I really miss that. Yeah. We get the scene between Malik and Daisy.
0: And of course, like the bad guy he is just has to blur it out. Oh, yeah, you know, she's your daughter. Yeah.
1: And he goes into the entire history. Or future, whatever.
0: But that's arrogance again. And that's also, you know, being a psychopath. He doesn't understand love. That was a big mistake on his part. How so? Because he brought out the mama bear and it almost killed him.
1: Almost being the key word. Again, in this situation, anyone else who has experienced this has not been able to fight it off. Even Daisy, when Jiaying was trying to kill her in whatever season that was, was not able to defend herself against her mother till Cal came in. That's true. And literally broke her spine. Mm. Do you prefer leeched?
0: Uh, I don't like spine (laughs) talk.
1: (laughs) How was he able to muster the energy to hit her?
0: It makes you wonder what else he's been up to and how he may have altered himself. He's had plenty of time. Yeah, or this was just... Convenience.
1: Yeah, this was just convenience that he has to stay alive for the rest of the plot to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, this whole episode is basically either just... Bad writing or brilliant writing that they need us to have faith in to get to the end. And I'm sorry, but my faith is wearing thin, people.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: I did not expect him to kill Ying. Me neither. I was like, holy shit.
1: But... This could be Daisy's breaking point. Oh, yeah. You saw her reaction. Oh,
0: oh, yeah. I think this is going to blow up in his face. And if we've learned anything throughout the MCU, it's that don't kill moms. It's never a good idea for the villain. Yeah, true. Doesn't go well. And Mm -hmm. I loved this part when she powered up. It reminded me a lot of Scarlet Witch, actually. Funny you bring that
1: up. I actually think Cora's powers remind me of Scarlet Witch.
0: A little bit. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, at that point, yeah. She was internally glowing red for sure.
0: Now, here's another question. All right, so if May hadn't shot Malik, I think Daisy would have taken down that whole lighthouse. Yeah, I, I agree. Here's the thing. Was May shooting to kill or not? I think she used it. Not- no, she didn't. She didn't. He was bleeding. Yeah. So... She must have not been shooting to kill because this is Melinda fucking May. If she wants you dead, you're dead. Yeah, the fuck is wrong with people? I know. I don't understand. If she wants you dead, you're dead. Why wouldn't she be
1: shooting to kill? Exactly. They had the conversation that he cannot be around to fuck with time anymore.
0: Yeah. There's no way she intentionally misses. No way.
1: I- exactly. Exactly. She's killed a bunch of people. Why the hell would you miss with this
0: guy? Yeah. Again, it seems like pad writing. And knowing that he killed Jaing. Yeah. She's crumpled there on the ground.
1: Yeah, with the possibility that Daisy now will never be born. Yeah. She all said and done. She loves Daisy.
0: Yeah. I mean, what does this mean? For her whole existence. And how many times does this poor girl have to watch a parent suffer and or die?
1: I know. I mean, she's got boyfriends dying and parents dying multiple times and Colson, a father figure, has died 90,000 times.
0: There's just no amount of therapy that can bring you back from this.
1: No. At this point, I wouldn't blame her if she becomes the destroyer of
0: worlds. Yeah, she just said, Fuck this. <laughs> this is nothing but misery. I'm taking us all out. Like, you know what? Oh. Oh, you know what? At this point, if if May wouldn't have shot Malik, she
1: could have quaked the world apart. And this could have become like the future of the Kree. Maybe. Or this time it would have been the Chronocombs.
0: Possibly. So over at Afterlife here. Colson ices Cora, takes her back along with the rest of the Inhumans, and everybody thinks they're safe for the moment. But turns out Malik and Garrett are hijacking the Zephyr and abducting Gemma.
1: Yeah. Now, about Colson icing Cora, he ices her and he brings her back to the Quinjet. He doesn't seem to tie her up or do anything to ensure that she doesn't create havoc while knife wielding dude is tied up with some other random dude
0: that is another good point he just dumps her on the floor
1: yeah she could wake up and torch the whole quinjet
0: oh i don't like this i don't like this one bit
1: and knife wielding dude he's tied up with what i assume is rope he could just cut his way through it.
0: Yeah, he can literally get knives out of thin air. If that's the reason they gave him knife hand powers, I will lose my shit. That is the dumbest fucking power I've ever seen.
1: They need to get that big white box that they had before.
0: Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. So Malik and Garrett take Gemma because, as Malik tells her, He's seen the future and the only consistent variable that stays the same, causing him to fail and whatever the fuck his ultimate plan is, is Fitz.
1: Right. So they want to find Fitz.
0: Yeah. And they think Gemma is the key, but they don't know that Deke is also on board. So I assume we're going to play Air Force One next week. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Deke Shaw is not president jim marshall
1: no absolutely not
0: but hey if that means we get a gary oldman appearance i'm cool with that liven things up (laughs) can't get any worse at this point oh now now i've done it now i've jinxed it
1: you really have now here's the thing how is garrett who has just passed tests admittedly with flying colors able to fly a fucking spaceship
0: That is another excellent point. It's not like Malik would have had time to give him a tutorial. Yeah. And what
1: is it with the best day ever? This is why I say he is more like comic relief than an actual threat.
0: I don't know. I took it as the immaturity. Because remember how young Gemma and Fitz were when they entered the Academy? I'm wondering just how young... Garrett is maybe he's supposed to be like 18 he
1: he hasn't joined the academy he's joined shield he's finished his training Ah, that's a good point okay young Gemma and Fitz when they came in back in season one were agents after they finished after they finished their training so they weren't as idiotic as this guy
0: no because they also weren't sociopaths true so that's where we leave things here. And overall, uh, to quote another esteemed Tom who will not go on the board as he is fictional, that would be the great Tom Haverford, I do not like this. Me neither. This whole Cora nonsense, I feel like th- they hijacked the Zephyr and this season. <laughs> I
1: have a feeling, a couple of theories coming up. I have a feeling maybe Cora at the last moment will turn to Shield's side. I don't care. And she will sacrifice herself in order to save Daisy.
0: Who cares? That's the thing. Who the fuck cares? We have zero emotional investment in this girl. None. She's a terrible True. she's a terrible character. True. Yes. She has no time for an arc.
1: No, she does not. But you can't shit on the writers too much because they managed to give Daisy and Sousa an arc in a single episode. They did, so
0: I don't know how they fucked this up so badly.
1: Maybe they haven't fucked it up because we just haven't seen the bigger picture yet.
0: (sighs) I don't know. I want to believe that, but this was rough.
1: It was. Another theory that you kind of put into my head at this point is that Colton is programmed in some way that he's unintentionally helping the Chronicoms.
0: Letting things slide.
1: Yeah. Because this episode just, it did not make sense.
0: Then how do you explain May?
1: Maybe May was overwhelmed by Daisy's emotions.
0: Could be. And maybe she was a little shaky and that's why she missed. Uh, Yeah. I mean,
1: I mean, the whole... My house was shaking.
0: Yeah, that's true. Maybe.
1: Ma- but I have to say that scene looked fucking incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Daisy did.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's why she missed. That okay, that I can chalk it off to emotions and shakiness and whatever whatever. But Colton, no.
0: I agree. All right, so now there's a few people who brought us joy this week unlike this episode that we would like to thank.
1: At Marvel Walcher. thank you so much for all the support that you've given us since we started this podcast.
0: Archishman Ghosh, at Cosmic Archie. I do apologize if I mispronounce any of that. But seeing as how you have a great sense of humor, I don't think you'll mind too much. Thanks for all the fun comments and general support. We appreciate you.
1: Kyle Livingston, dude, you're a star. The amount of support and tweets and retweets you've given us helped us reach more people with this podcast. It's awesome. Thank you
0: at Adana girl it's been a lot of fun talking back and forth with, this, with you this week you make me laugh thanks so much for all the comments
1: Rochelle at Shield Tremors and Hannah at Sing Forever 01 thank you so much for all your support and retweets and the general love you guys have been giving us thank you
0: Yeah, and people, we couldn't do this without you, so if you have a fellow Marvel nerd in your life who you think would enjoy uh, listening to these two slightly delirious, maybe a little psychotic at times women, please share the show.
1: (laughs) That would be her, not me.
0: Fair. (laughs) How do you feel about Coulson in this episode? Do you think we're onto something? You think there's some secret programming going on or was it just bad writing?
1: Email us at themarvelousmadams at gmail.com or let us know on Twitter or Instagram at marvelmadams.
0: Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm
1: Madam Amy. Assemble with us next week for episode 11 of the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Brand New Day.
0: And it better not be like this episode or else I'm going to need a brand new drink,
1: says the woman who doesn't drink.
0: That's the point.
1: (laughs) Visit us at themarvelousmadams.com Where infinity stones are a girl's best friend.
0: Amy, I'm not carrying my couch cushions up to this room twice a week. I don't, it's bad enough I have to sit on them. I don't want to touch them. Why? Oh my god. That couch was ruined fucking three days after we got it. Do you remember when Quill says, and I think the first Guardians, that anybody, if they put a black line up in the Milano, it would look like a, a Jackson Pollock painting? Right, yeah. That's my couch. Okay, TMI? Oh my god. Seriously? No. Not like that, you perv. <laughs> Because of the fucking dogs and Becky, by God, that she, Becky puked up a hairball on that couch three <laughs> days after we got it. And then I had the week of vomit where everybody was just throwing up throwing up fucking left and right for various reasons. That couch has been so covered in puke and pee and, because Bailey's been a bitch lately with her issues with Nat and between that and the dog food and the saliva, it's gallons of nature's miracle at this point. God. Okay, remind me to never sit on your couch
1: whenever I do come
0: there. Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah.